0: Episode 26, A Conversation with Brian Simpson. Today is First Friday, and for that reason, I thought this would be a great time to release the following conversation. Brian Simpson, the former owner of Babbitt's Books, is one of the owners of Main Gallery 404 in Bloomington. He is a strong proponent of supporting the arts who is focused on delivering a well-curated collection of work by local artists in his gallery. For many creative people, There is a divide between the art they produce and the business of displaying, promoting, and selling said product. As a former student of the system of art education, I'm always intrigued by people who sustain themselves on their creative practices. For me, I hated having to sell myself to patrons, which is partially why I was interested in speaking with Brian. This episode attempts to be a conversation about all things art and the markets it may or may not create. At a time when we are shoving students towards STEM in droves, I think places like Main Gallery 404 serve to remind us of the value artists bring to communities like Central Illinois. As I think about the future, I can't help but feel the need to pontificate about how locally informed creative solutions may be the only alternative we have to corporate-backed political policies. We must think differently about how we produce and how it brings value to the world around us or maybe how it elicits a deeper conversation. I hope you all enjoy this as much as I did. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Keep Your Day Job podcast. I am here at Main Gallery 404 with uh, one of the co-owners, Brian Simpson, and we decided to have a conversation about art and uh, the local environment. So,
1: hey, Brian, how are you? I'm doing pretty good today. Yes. Yes, yes.
0: Coming off your first Friday, your first or first, or first, second, Friday, second second first, first Friday, second first Friday. Yes. Okay. Yes. How'd that go? How's traffic?
1: You you know, first Fridays are always good. They they took a pandemic hit, like almost everything else, but they are rebounding, and and uh, we find that uh, that given the the partial comeback from the from the pandemic, that uh, we get a really good crowd yeah. and a really varied crowd. Yeah. I so think, yeah, I think with the pandemic, more people want to go out and see different things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so uh so we get a, a very more varied crowd than before i think yeah well and this is a unique
0: place right it has been a gallery since before you owned it yes. uh, but now you guys are doing things different
1: slightly different, somewhat different And some some people come in and say oh it's nice to see it the way it was before oh okay yeah. okay yeah nothing against the previous owners who yeah. are good friends of mine <laughs> okay. uh but uh but both of them, I think, had they had their struggles, mm-hmm. and and the biggest struggle with anything like this is that you're not going to make a lot of money on it. Absolutely. And so there are various solutions to that. Yeah. One of the best solutions is: if you have to make some money at it. You should get a different job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and so when we took it over, we we decided that we would take it in a different direction. Uh, uh, and uh, emphasize more uh, wall art or high craft mm-hmm. um, and again, I don't want to throw any dispersions upon yeah. those people who love to do craft you know but but we do have a demarcation point point. Mm-hmm. and there are so many venues for people to show those things that we really wanted to limit it to to, to high craft and 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 art
0: yeah, yeah. so and and I think that's the difficulty in owning a place like this and running a place like this is curating, in a, 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 a diverse amount of work, um, but at the same time, like you said, high craft. You want to have you want to have work that people
1: want to see. Well, curating is is fun, mm-hmm. and and because it's fun, even when it's difficult, it's easy. Uh, the hard part is when you tell someone why their work won't fit in here. Yeah, and it becomes very difficult because you really want to tell them uh, one, to keep doing their artwork. You want to be encouraging. You don't want to step on anybody's ambition. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, and two, we want to tell them why certain types of craft just don't fit in here. And three, we have to tell them, your work's probably not gonna sell. And mm-hmm. because we have an exhibition fee, we'd just be taking your money and that's not fair to you. Yeah. So. So those are the th- those are the hard parts to have those conversations with people who come in and really want their artwork on a wall somewhere mm-hmm. but their artwork just doesn't fit and it could fit somewhere else I mean uh, we're not the end all of all of that. Our curating is really specific to the needs of of this gallery yes uh, so that that's the hard part for me is and so I have to really sit and choose my words carefully because I don't know how many people I know who did art and then were criticized roundly by their high school teacher or their college teacher mm-hmm. and they walked away and then we'll never do it again because it's a trigger of anxiety yeah and I don't want to be that person that you know they 20 years from now they go and say well this guy was mean to me in the gallery and I've never done artwork since yeah I don't want to be known as that guy
0: yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny how yeah there's an implication that you have to be competitive with art when art is best expressed as a passion, a self-passion, right? A self someone yeah. who maybe doesn't have to do it, but is driven to do it from some compulsion, right?
1: Yeah, and, and the interesting thing is during grad school, uh, all the professors would be really harsh in their critiques and their excuse was always, well, we're just preparing you for what it's like in the real world. And then you get out in the real world and you realize all the artists are like, great, you're an artist, you don't do anything like mine, but hooray for you, Yeah. and you find out that the world Outside of grad school is nothing like the world inside, it's a kinder place mm-hmm. by far. Yeah. Yeah. And so we like to extend that kindness to those kind of people that walk through in yeah. walk through the door.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about community. Because I would say someone who went to graduate school, I was somewhat dejected by the like by the coldness of continuing to apply for shows and getting a letter in the mail a few months later. Um and I don't know. For some reason, I, I saw it as more of an us versus them, but I believe that's like my own programming. So talk a little bit about the community of owners and the community of artists that are involved with the space.
1: Well, the interesting. Well, I could do involved in the space uh, first, but sure. then I, I would expand that to the outside of the space, too. Please. Uh, the, inside the space, we have, uh, I have two partners, and one has been doing artwork for about five years, Another one is has, has a lifetime of doing artwork, has a degree and taught in the Galesburg school system for uh, 30 years, maybe, something like that. And uh, so we're all uh, as, as close to what you would call a working artist in Bloomington Normal. Yeah. I mean, because we're consistently producing, but no one makes a living completely off their work in Bloomington Normal. I mean... You, Art professors get paid a salary. I was going to say they, yeah. don't, they don't. They don't make anything off the work they produce. That yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. They make work off. Of, they make their money off of teaching. So there there may be one or two or maybe three artists I can think of on top of my head who would be considered working artists who only make income through their art and living it normal. That is fair. Yes. Yeah, uh, so we're we're working artists in that sense. That's a long way to coming up with that. So when the gallery was up for sale. It was offered to me by the previous owner. And I was like, oh no, I spent 25, 30 years, you know, in retail, 60 hour weeks, I'm, I'm not gonna come in knowing that the income I make off of this is not going to be a lot. Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, I don't even know how the three of us got together, but, uh, but we had a meeting and we talked about how it would work if multiple, multiple people own the gallery. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it was a process of finding the best way to go forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there were some stumbles, a couple of potential partners dropped off, mm-hmm. and it almost came down to two of us, but then another one came back in. And the more we organized things, uh, the easier it seemed like it was gonna be for three people to run it, rather than one. Okay. So it means that you can do all the stuff you wanted to do. All you need to do is devote so many hours a week to this. Mm-hmm. So it's really like, you know, there are people who you know, it's maybe ten, twelve hours. There are many people who devote that much time a week to stamp collecting, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So to me so it's a hobby in that sense, you yeah. know. But um, but it's it's a hobby that goes beyond just having fun doing it. It serves the artist community on the outside by giving them a place to display their work on a regular basis and an opportunity to sell it and an opportunity for an organization like us to promote it for them, mm-hmm. to put it online, to do the things that, that often artists don't want to do in order to sell their work. Right. Well, as
0: well as this place provides a hub for um, artists to talk yeah, about art, right? Right.
1: And, <laughs> and plus it's open. So people walk through the door. So a random yeah. person that comes from a, uh, uh, out of town can walk in and and there's a place to walk in too mm-hmm. you know they don't have to search the web or anything like that yeah and so so things will sell off the wall that way to a random customer
0: yeah yeah so what is the main difference in this venture than so you mentioned you used to own Babbitt's books so yeah. right uh what's how do, how do you see these two things differently selling books versus selling art
1: well Selling books was hard. Mm-hmm. Selling art was harder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. How so? Well, um, there's a practicality to books. True. And, and, and there is not a practicality to art. I mean, w- uh, there's the Maslow Pyramid, mm-hmm. you know, and anyone on the bottom of the Maslow period, p- Pyramid has no place for art. They'd, they'd better find food fast. That, you I know? Agreed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but, um, and because of that, you know, we're, we're looking for people on the top part of that pyramid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as consumers. As consumers. We should clarify. Right. Yeah, as, yeah. as people who want to own art, yeah. put it on their wall. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, and um, so there, there's a difference there. I mean, and also I could sell a, a book for a dollar. And the value of that book was way beyond the dollar. I mean, in terms of market demand and such, it was only worth a dollar to sell. Mm -hmm. But someone could buy that book and get so much more than a dollar out of it because of what's in the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it's the same in here. You you can get more out of the piece than what you pay for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But that price point is a lot higher than a dollar.
0: Yeah. So what advice, if any, would you give to potential consumers? People who want to people who haven't bought art, but want to come in and buy art?
1: Well, um, there's, there's whole podcasts that have been done on this. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. On how do you start your art collection? And the first thing is you ask yourself, what do I like? Mm-hmm. You know, And to know what you like, you look at a lot of things. And then the more things you look at, the more you get an idea of what you like. And, and what you like, doesn't have anything to do with the value system that's out there you know mm-hmm. what you like is what you like you know uh, if you like the color green and you want to put only green artwork in your house that is completely fine nobody should judge you for that least of all yourself you know mm-hmm. uh, so I would say look to yourself and what do you like mm-hmm. then you start looking around and uh, uh, I would always say, I mean, I have bought work no i haven 't i don't, well I bought some work from artists i don 't know, and I sell work to a lot of people i don 't know I mm-hmm. sell it through Etsy and such but um but I would always say, have a conversation with the artist too mm-hmm. um, because that will deepen your connection with the artwork too yeah. uh, so know what you like, find what you like, talk to the artist, and then it may seem like a lot to pay for work, you know. Somebody will look at a, a, a painting and say, "Oh, three hundred dollars! Oh my gosh, three hundred dollars!" It's like that's a lot of money, and and but then you have to start putting that three hundred dollars in perspective in your life. What have you spent three hundred dollars on? Mm-hmm. And and did you buy a DVD player for three hundred dollars? And how long did that DVD player last? You know, it's like so. I tell this story a lot, and I'll tell it here again. It's like when my wife and I got married. Uh, we bought a work of art, and it, ironically, it was three hundred dollars. I'm pretty sure it was that much, but it was a lot more than we could afford. But we bought it anyway, and uh, it was uh, Jeff Little's haystack. Did I tell you about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned it yesterday. Yeah, Continue yeah. though. And <laughs> um, and so. We put it on the wall and when we moved to our new house, we put it on the wall and it's been on the wall for as long as we've been married, over 30 years. We look at it every day. We love the artwork and we look at it at 30 years, amortized over 30 years. The painting really has cost us $10 a year to get that much enjoyment out of it. And so when you buy your first piece of art, you realize this is, you're starting your conversation with that piece of art and that conversation doesn't end Mm -hmm. i mean if you're buying the right kind of art that that you've looked at and come back and visited and such and talked with the artist and you buy that art that conversation lasts for as long as you have that art on your wall
0: absolutely yeah i mean you can look at the art and think about the conversations and you can think about the time that you've had the art and the time that the art was created and
1: where it's hung before where Mm -hmm. it's hanging now and and so so $300, in that sense, is not much. And the most important thing is that this is your art that you're having this private conversation with. Yes. This isn't, this isn't a reproduction of Picasso. You can certainly have a conversation with many Picassos, even in reproduction. Mm-hmm. But this is your private conversation with uh, a work of art that's created by another artist. And you continue that conversation un- until your last breath in many ways. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think in this case, in Gallery Four Hundred Four, right, so many of the artists are local. So you're you're supporting an economy of artists locally, and I think that's an interesting part of the conversation,
1: right? Well, yeah, and and I have to say, if you want if you want to know the artist and know their work, that the local way is the way to go mm-hmm. in many ways because you. I mean, you can buy artwork when you travel. I I do the same when I'm in Spain. I bought a great etching, you know. Yeah, but. Um, but uh, a guy from Rivian came in, he just moved here. And he said, oh yeah, I don't know. What, I mean, I'm living here, but I want to put art on the walls. And I had to tell him, okay, you buy local artists, then you are part of the community. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that grounds you in the community. Uh, and when people come to your house, they're not gonna look at that poster from a Picasso show at the Met. Right. They're going to look at that work of art that's unique and different, and they're going to ask you about it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to tell them about it. And that grounds you with not just the artistic community mm-hmm. here, but the community as a whole and the region as a whole. Yeah. Um, and, and he ended up buying several pieces. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That because is cool. Because you move into town, you're new in town. What better way of becoming part of the town than buying a piece of the local artwork and putting it on the wall? Yeah. So um, can oh, we I talk people for brevity listening to this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Keep coming
0: in here. Well, and I I have to say when I came in here, I have expectations of what art should cost as a former art student, and I found this place to be very reasonable. Very I think there's a, there's a yeah. diverse range of artists here making a lot of different types of work, um, and it, I think it's. It's interesting to see a low barrier of entry for purchasing art, and I think that's something that gets lost in art, and a lot of times people are just shut off to the entire experience thinking, I couldn't afford something like that in my life. Like That couldn't possibly bring me any other value than the monetary hit I'm gonna take for for purchasing it.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because we've only been open a month, Mm -hmm. and I think we've had four or five, maybe three college students come in and buy a piece of art, not expensive, Mm-hmm. Uh, under under $50, more like 25 Yeah. but it's original and they buy it and, and take it back to their dorm wherever and put it up on the wall yeah. and they've started their art collecting in college and it, and like you said, the little barrier of entry. Mm-hmm. For $25, they have a piece that no one else has and that's that private conversation with that piece from there forward. You yeah. Know? And when it's hanging on their wall and their grandkids come in and say, Yes, I bought that when I was in college, you know? Yeah. So um, so so you know, that's that's how you start a collection, you mm-hmm. know. And it's not a huge investment. I mentioned the three hundred dollar price point, but yeah, there are there are things in here that original pieces like reading cards that are actually original works of art mm-hmm. that are under ten dollars. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. So do you wanna talk about any of the artists? That you are showing is it? Are there some highlights in here right now that all oh, that jump out to you every time you walk in and turn on the lights?
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> I I I love it, it's like a parent. I love sure. all my children the same. <laughs> and I guess that's true. We should preface your answer by
0: saying you're the person who selected almost every one of the pieces of art on the wall. Right. So yeah. you have a relationship. Individually well, with I that. co-curate
1: yeah. with one of the partners, so Okay. I have to give a shout out to Jared Lacey, who is the co-curator, okay. uh, and also who beautifully hung everything in the gallery here. Very nice. Uh, um, so, uh, so, I mean, I there's a diversity here, to, so so it's really geared towards the customer coming in. Yeah, I mean, I do like everything here. But I also know that there are different customer expectations from things in here, and the things that I like aren't necessarily what the the, the general public will like so I like I love uh, Freeba Murray's uh, grids mm-hmm. based upon um, lighting and atmospheric conditions that she has taken in and, and turned into a grid system, which I think is really interesting because you think of the grid system as being you know orderly and and uh, cold in a way, and she's taken a, a very aesthetic uh, experience with light and atmosphere and turned it into a grid and kept that mm-hmm. that feeling in the grid, so that so that it's so that it's a, a cold grid and yet a warm feeling at the same time. And yeah. So I really love her work, and it's really it's based upon Persian carpets because she's she's Persian. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you find all the artists? They well we a lot of them found us, Good. and because we're in the community, we know a lot of them too. Mm-hmm. So when we know that one comes in, we, they fill out an application, but we know we're going to take their work because we know their work. Mm-hmm. Um, for Eva, I didn't know her work, and but it, she brought it in, and of course I was really impressed. I yeah, mean, I'm like I was like a discovery for me. Um, and then uh, uh, then we we've actually pursued some. You know uh, the potter Tom Elston. I I think I asked him if he wanted to show, and Natalie Roseman, who does uh, these uh, coffee spills on paper and then does automatic drawing to make a narrative out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I I asked her to come in too, and 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 I'm very glad I did. She has great work. So I could really talk about each and every one of them about how I like them. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, so I. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick out any one thing. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say that, that um, um, I just, I just enjoy the variety. Yeah. Well, balance is a sign of a well-curated space, right? Well, <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. For I sure. Hope sales are also. A
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, aside, like, aside from the economic function of this place, what is, what was the goal in taking this place over and? How, how, do we, how do we see this place in the future? Where?
1: Well, um, yeah, we have it set up as the gallery now. Mm-hmm. But um, I'd really like it to become... Um, all right, we have lots of different artists here. Some of them are very professional. They have their website. You know, they have their artwork catalog. Mm-hmm. They have all of that. Some of them are really new, and they're really more into the creative process than anything else. So I'd like to see our way, our our goal is to professionalize some of their practices mm-hmm. to help them sell better in the future. Yeah, you know how to uh, photograph their work, how to catalog their work. Uh, we've already ha- had some talks on framing with some of them, how to present your work better. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, um,
0: that stuff's interesting though because. Right. You mentioned there's people who excel more on the creative side. I'm one of those people who, yeah, I've never had a website. It doesn't, that, not, that part just doesn't, it's not in my brain. So it's, it's helpful to know that if right. as a gallery you're interested in an artist, you're willing to invest that.
1: Well, as an art major, it was never in my brain either. (laughs) Then I ran a bookstore for twenty (laughs) five (laughs) years. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, Oh, okay, you really love doing your work, but you know, if you think of it in terms of that bookstore, you can do this and this and this and you did it in your bookstore, so it should be easy to do it in your artwork. And it was. Yeah. Because I had I had figured this out, this organizational method that yeah, if you impose an organizational method over your the way you do your work, mm-hmm. things are so much easier on the other end. Yeah. So I mean, you, you do your work, you just go crazy. Do your work, but then you step back and you and you organize it. You do this, this to it, this to it, and you know I have my pile of second chances. So if the drawing's not good, it goes on there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll revisit it someday. Maybe I'll throw it away someday. Mm-hmm. Then I I catalog and then I enter uh, what I want to sell on Etsy. And then I take off what Etsy when I want to frame and put in here, and so um so I have this whole system, and it's nice the i the goal is to to professionalize people's work, yeah, because um you can do the greatest artwork in the world, but you know someday they may discover that sealed room where all your and they're gonna say, oh my gosh, this guy was a genius, he's dead now, but he was a genius, (laughs) Well, more than likely, what's gonna happen is all your work's gonna be thrown away, you Mm know? I mean, even if you catalog that might be the case, but the point is, is that what good is it doing in a sealed room, you know? It's like, get it out, put it on people's walls, you know, chances are some will still be thrown away, but a lot of people will have it on their walls 30 years from now, and and is that what you want? Yes. I mean, your work is, you do it to be looked at. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to be looked at in storage. It's got to be looked at when it's buried under the landfill. So your, your job is to get it out there and get it looked at one way or another.
0: Yeah. So if you just, with, with that answer, if you just convince the local artist uh, to want to wanna come here and want to show, how, how would the artist apply? What
1: We have an application form, Mm -hmm. and the application form has uh, two purposes. Uh, One is information, or three purposes, general information. Two is how we would market the work, so we ask you to give us some ideas on your work and and explanations, and not an artist statement, but something you might want us to know about your artwork. Mm -hmm. And then two are basically what are screener questions, how long have you been doing your work? What are your prices? Um, you know, um, you know. Do you work in one media or several? And a lot of that is because people who just start working and maybe have been doing artwork for six months, on, on Facebook, you're gonna get so many people saying, you're so talented, everything's wonderful, yeah. no one's gonna say anything bad about it or even give you constructive criticism. It's just, you're talented, you're the best ever. And so people come in here with expectations and that's when the conversation has to happen, like I told you. The conversations yeah. I hate, but have to do. Um, and uh, and because, they have, because there's no comparison, you know, there's, and they think their work is absolutely wonderful and it's a good start mm-hmm. and they should keep doing it. But, but I have to tell them how to go forward and maybe come back in five years, I, I mentioned that the people in here some people have been doing artwork for 60 years in here yeah you know we have Karen Gillen who is 80 years old and she's still doing her artwork and she was doing it she's been doing it for 60 years and so how do you, you have to tell someone it's like you know you have to do it for a long time and then I mentioned the idea of a body of work and mm-hmm. and, and consistency and all, all sorts of those things I, I give them like homework I guess in a way. And if you're willing to go through all of that then then on the other side of that is much more than just an opportunity to show, but it's also a a, a discovery process. Yeah. Know? And the worst thing you can do and I know I post a lot of my work and I get a lot of compliments on it and it's always nice. But you know, I I take all compliments with a grain of salt after so many years, mm-hmm. you know, because If somebody's not really telling you about, you know, it's like this line energizes the whole thing compared to this color overall. It's like, you know, if they're not giving you explanations. It's
0: it's a different type of conversation,
1: right? And I mean, I think
0: some people post to get that immediate praise and it gives them the encouragement to keep working. Um, I mean, there's somewhat of an economic function to you posting the photos of your work. You run a gallery. So, yeah, I, I think it's interesting for people who may think about coming to buy art To think about the other functions of this space, which is to help develop artists locally. And I'm not saying in in terms of like an outreach program, but what Mm -hmm. you just described, those conversations, this place being an open storefront for artists to come in and engage, there's not a lot of that outside of our current institutions, right? So if you don't follow the traditional path of bachelor's, master's, hang out in the university space.
1: Well, there are only so many places you can do that. There are Mm -hmm. only... Two other galleries that have groups of work in them, and and they have their each niche. We each have our niche niche um, um, representations, I should say. Yeah. Um, and, but there's only so many of those places, um, and I, I forgot where I was going to go with that. But at any rate, yeah, it's there are only some places where you can come in and look at local art and 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 engage in the, the conversations we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and outside of this, you can't go to a, to a university gallery and have the same conversation. That
0: is true. Yeah, commonly yeah. the artist yeah. is not there unless it's an opening. Openings are busy. That, a, lot, a lot of those conversations can And also there are, there
1: are more barriers to seeing the art at a, at a university gallery mm. than there are here. Mm. And I could tell you about that because there are some people in here academically trained mm-hmm. and some not. Okay, and I would challenge anyone to tell to the difference. <laughs> that is true. I would say, okay, point on the walls and tell me who's got their MFA, and it's like, okay, and I bet the ones you point to aren't the ones that have the MFA. I mean, I the ones that have the MFA have great work in here. Yes, I'm gonna say that yeah. right off the bat. Well, and I think but I'm gonna it. say that the quality work is like, it's hard to tell the difference between who has it and who doesn't have it.
0: Right, I think the the off the bat the unique attribute of someone who has an MFA is the time they've invested and literally the mon- the money they've invested in themselves for their own work and you called it out really well though some people may have started art 6 months ago so they don't have that same relationship with time but it doesn't mean that those two times can't exist in parallel right? right and one can be developing while the other is potentially staying
1: stagnant i mean i have to say my 20 years of life drawing it was much more of an education than I had as a master student. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was all developed in my head, working with a group of artists, drawing every Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, let's wrap this up. Tell sure. everyone how they can get a hold of you. And it looks like someone's here at the door to purchase some art anyway. Oh, that's all right. We'll get back to that. Um If they want to come here, how, where are we located? How can they get a hold of you? Well, how can they see called, new art? It's
1: called 404 uh, Main Gallery 404. And it's called that because it's 404 North Main (laughs) (laughs) in Bloomington, and it's a gallery. Yeah. So uh, so we're at 404 North Main in downtown Bloomington, um, and uh, it's... Consult Google; it'll tell you exactly how to get here. Yeah,
0: but you're on, you're on Facebook, Instagram. Facebook,
1: Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have our own website for uh, maingallery dot org. Okay. Uh, I didn't mention that we were a low profit incorporated a, a low profit corporation. Oh well,
0: let's before we stop this conversation. Okay. What does that mean? Let's talk oh,
1: about that. Well, there there are basically three ways that you can incorporate. Basically, there are sub subcategories and such. But there's uh, a regular company. Most commonly called an LLC, yeah. limited liability corporation, uh, and there's a not-for-profit corporation uh, where you uh, where the profits aren't distributed among the groups. You have to have a board to make sure there's oversight that the money is spent in a in a service way. And then in between that is an LC3, which is a low-profit corporation or low-profit company, I guess. We're mm-hmm. not technically not a corporation, and uh, and that. It's a hybrid between the two. So they expect that you're gonna make some money, but they also understand you're not gonna make much and, and that you are providing the community with a service that's hard to find anywhere else because you can't make money running it. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and, and so as a low-profit corporation, you can accept donations. You can, It's not tax deductible, but you can accept them. Uh, you can have volunteers, uh, you can get grants, all sorts of things like that. Oh. Yeah. So, are you actively looking
0: for grants now? Do we,
1: do you have Not any... yet. Not yet. Not okay. yet. We're really looking for a, a business model that provides a minimum amount of profit mm-hmm. so that we actually at the end of the year end up with some walking around money basically (laughs) yeah 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 there's a value to
0: physical space in 2021.
1: (laughs) Uh, so yeah so we're trying to work that in there We're some businesses practices some standard business practices that will give us some profit we're not looking to make a lot yeah Uh, but uh but we but that's in our back pocket if we need it Mm -hmm. you know if we're looking at stuff and we find a grant that works well then yes we'll apply to it and such. But right now we're just working on the basic uh, organizational side of, of the business so you know we have we take square we have um we have a spreadsheet for inventory uh, all this we have i mean none of this happened before so we we've, we've made big huge changes that way
0: well there i go again having the creative side of my brain take over and not ask the business side questions that was really informative cool so yeah i mean that's that's a whole nother thing though having to inventory all of this work from different artists and
1: and to have maintaining, yeah, that. The key is to do it from the start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> do no, it from I the first to... piece that comes <laughs> yeah. in, and then it's a lot easier as time goes by because you just add the few pieces that come in. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Otherwise, it's just this huge task, you know. Hmm. So, uh, and I previous owners, I I would watch the gallery from the previous owners. So for four years, I've come in occasionally and sat for the gallery for them. And all that time, I was basically just taking notes, you know, mm. about how this would work. And luckily, the two partners I have, uh, Eileen Backman, who is the back office, so she handles all the bookkeeping and uh, uh, the legal stuff and all of that. And uh, and then Jared handles all the hanging and everything. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, there's
0: another customer at the door. I'll let you get to that. Okay. If there's anything we can account for, it's inconsistency. So thanks very much for the You're time, welcome. Brian. And that's You're wrap. Welcome. And just like that, it was over. I'm very appreciative of Brian for entertaining this conversation, and I wish him and the other owners of Gallery 404 nothing but success. As I said in the intro, today is First Friday, so if you've got nothing going on, stop in and say hi. Feel free to let him know you heard this episode. But more importantly, before you go off and purchase a bunch of mass-produced products for the people you love this holiday, Think about how much more impactful your dollars can be in the hands of local businesses. I'm not an economist, but I know this. Coming out of the pandemic, most small businesses are struggling to survive, while the government has once again bailed out largest corporations. In my opinion, the best idea is to support the people you feel are helping make this community the place you want to be. In this case, not only will you be helping this gallery, but you'll have a unique gift to show your loved ones how much you care.